0: Hi everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Cage Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve, joining me as always is the incomparable Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this new year?
1: I'm in straight-up denial that I have to return to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Living weird. in my own little world over here.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. We, we took some time off to sit around and do not much but watch Nick Cage movies, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how we spent most of our time.
0: Yes, and how we spent most of our weekend was watching and thinking about the movie Joe, which we watched this weekend. Mm-hmm. I which did I think I just a lot said. about
1: this movie after I saw
0: it. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss, a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. A friend reached out to me about, uh, a friend of ours reached out and asked about the podcast and I said that some of these movies are like a flickering light in the dark cages. Huh. Yeah. I
1: would consider this one to be one of those. Yeah.
0: So like the last three movies, at least on Rotten Tomatoes and by are also accord, They've been like 60, 70%. This one I think is like 80% or something. Two movies ago was
1: The Croods.
0: I know. The Croods is not great, but it's not horrible it's
1: not the ant bully
0: and it's also not nothing you know i was looking at the imdb a minute ago do you remember anything about stolen yeah yeah his daughter was stolen other than that
1: um he was framed right
0: i don't remember i don't remember anything about that movie
1: wasn't that the one where it was like (laughs) this undercover society
0: no that was seeking justice
1: oh my god then no i don't remember exactly
0: (laughs) so we are truly in the blur that is the dark cages however joe i think we will remember with for a while and to give a brief overview of joe nick cage plays a blue collar working man who's had some trouble with the law and he becomes a sort of father figure to a troubled teen to borrow a phrase from hannah little peek behind the curtain. We were trying to record with our cat in the recording studio here and that did not go so well. She
1: was problematic. (laughs) She had to go.
0: So we started over (laughs) and here we are. Fortunately we only got like three minutes in. So we're going to get started once again with some facts, figures, behind the scenes information about one and only Nicolas Cage. What do you got for us this week on Joe? Joe
1: 2013, last movie in 2013. Mm. We'll be moving on to the year 2014 next week. Can't wait. Super exciting, and I'll be able to share some more behind-the-scenes information about Nick's life. Mm. But for the the behind-the-scenes for this movie, I discovered some really interesting stuff. Great. And I'd like to keep the focus of this segment of the podcast not on Nick Cage, but on his co-star. Okay. So first, I'll talk about some numbers, as Steve knows I fucking love.
0: She's got a (laughs) tattoo right on her chest. Just square across the top. It says, I fucking love numbers. The numbers. <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> For new listeners of the podcast, this is a joke that started because I would always say Hannah likes to start by, you know, giving the Rotten Tomatoes and the budget and the <laughs> <laughs> and the box office gross and that kind of thing. And it just evolved into Hannah fucking loves it.
1: <laughs> okay. So this movie has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb mm. and an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, that's pretty high
1: budget was 4 million It made 2.3 million.
0: Mm, so it didn't make the money. There might not have been that much like marketing. not often
1: make that much money, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, but movies like this with star power like Nicolas Cage, you would think would make more than 2 million dollars.
1: But I don't remember it being advertised, so I think that it may have been more of like an indie type of film. I think you're Maybe right. Maybe it was promoted in like indie festivals, but yeah. not in, you know, the AMC theaters. That makes sense. So that's all I have for the numbers. We can get into some behind the scenes. So David Gordon Green is the director of Joe. And I believe he also directed Pineapple Express. Oh, okay. And this director is known for often casting locals in his movies. Oh, okay. Most of the actors are locals. So this movie, movie was filmed in Austin, Texas. Hmm. And Gary Poulter, who plays... So as Steve mentioned, Nick Cage helps out a troubled teen boy. So the troubled teen boy's father, who is like a very important player in in the movie. So this man, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, this man, he could have won an Academy Award for this role.
1: Just you wait until I tell you about this man. Please. Gary Poulter was a homeless man in Austin. Whoa. They found him on the street. Yeah. And they had him audition for the movie. They had him audition for a different part. There's a scene with a man skinning a deer, if you remember <laughs> oh, that scene. That's another homeless guy. Oh,
0: yeah. weird. Okay. Um,
1: and they originally had him audition for that part. And then they were so impressed by him that they gave him the opportunity to audition for this like lead role. Yeah. Starring yeah. alongside an Academy Award winner, Nick Cage. So I have a lot of information about him. Okay. Um, but you look like you want to say something and I, I don't really want to No, no. I I don't no. want his legacy to really be interrupted. So oh. if you have anything else to oh, say. Oh no. Ooh,
0: this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. This is don't interrupt me because this man's because of this man's legacy. No, I just I'm I'm already kind of impressed and shocked that they were able to pull this guy in to this movie. And and like I said, I think he was other than Nick Cage and maybe the kid to a degree who we recognize from Ready Player One, the father, I think for me was the standout role.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. amazing yeah so um gary poulter always wanted to be an actor he if you look him up on imdb his mm-hmm. only other credit is that he was an extra a few times in a show called 30 something from the 80s oh okay and that's all that he ever was in um he like i said he was homeless mm-hmm. he really struggled um since his teen years with uh, addiction mm. to drugs and alcohol um, it you know really laid waste to both his spirit and his appearance mm. as you can kind of see in the movie. That's really what he looked like. Yeah. I know that I'm continuing to use past tense. So before I move forward, oh, unfortunately, yeah. Gary Poulter died two months after this movie wrapped. Mm. So he never got to see the film. But David Gordon Green, the director, dedicated this movie to him,
0: which is nice.
1: Mm-hmm. He really struggled, like I said, with addiction. Um, unfortunately. That affected a lot of uh, meaningful relationships in his life. He had two daughters who are mm-hmm. estranged. Um, he had one sister who really was the only person who continued like her relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And she kept in close contact with um, you know, the people making this movie, the director, and everything saying like you really have to take care of him.
0: Keep an eye on him.
1: Um I'm not sure if I trust that he's not going to do something mm-hmm. stupid that he's gonna take this seriously. So when they were offering him the role, especially when they offered him the bigger role, and, you know, I, I might it might be easier for me to just read it from the article that I read. It's a pretty cool article. Um, let me find what it's called. So it's from Entertainment, and it says, The sad, tragic story of the homeless man scene-stealer in Nicolas Cage's movie, Joe.
0: Hmm. Uh, it looks like a long article from here. I can't uh, read it, obviously, long, but it yeah. looks long, Yeah.
1: After a quick on-camera interview, they called him in to audition for the tiny role of the man carving up a dead deer, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. He nailed it, and he could have had the part if he wanted it, but the director had another idea. He said, I sat down with him, and I said, listen, I can give you this role where you come in for half a day, or we can can have some fun, and you'll knock it out of the park. And we can have some fun, and you'll knock it out of the park. Or I can give you the third lead in the movie alongside Nicolas Cage role that you have to keep clean, and we're going to need you to commit, memorize lines, Mm. be on time every day, and we're not going to fuck around. And he said, sign me up. Wow. So every morning, uh, Gary Poulter would come to the casting director's office and tape a little note to the door saying, John, I'm reliable. Mm. Um, There were a lot of reservations about casting him. And then he said, but there's a great risk hiring a movie star to be in a movie too. You take your risks, you follow your instinct. And when something feels profound, you have to take the chance. Mm. So I read a little bit more in this article about what they said about him, and the director said he had this personality and this charisma that you just can't access with an actor who hasn't actually lived it. And I I found that to be like incredibly true and compelling. Yeah. Um. With the way that he portrayed this role, I mean, before I know, before I knew that he was a homeless person, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who struggled with addiction, I just assume that he was an incredible actor who could really portray that to the T, yeah. you know, so I don't know if that says, I don't know, like, what that says, I guess, about acting and, and learned experience and, right. you know.
0: Yeah, I think that there are, you know, obviously in Hollywood, there are sort of two different kinds of actors. Those who think that, well, I can't really get into the mind of this character without living it, and that's how Nick Cage started his career, mind you, he lived in his car because he felt like he needed to. He learned an entire language because he felt that he needed to. And then there are the actors who think, well, maybe I can observe people from afar and just mimic what they do. And that's what most right. actors seem to do. And that's what it seems like Nick Cage is doing in his later career.
1: Yeah. Or even like the method type of
0: deal. Well, that's what I mean. That's like the one hand yeah. is the method. And the other hand is the more standard acting. I don't know if there's a term for it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so this movie actually is based off of a book from 1992, a novel. Uh, I think of the same name.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: But (laughs) what they say in this is that um, not only could Poulter play the unscrupulous villain from Larry Brown's 1992 novel, but he added a daffy side from his own personality that only made his character's dark side truly frightful. Mm -hmm. He would do those pop and lock dance moves and tidal wave moves, and that was his thing. (laughs) They saw it, and they said, let's put that in the movie. It's a good example of someone just totally there being naked in his own performance. Yeah. So Nick Cage um, recognized Gary Poulter's talent, welcomed him, and welcomed the experience of working with him despite him lacking, you know, like a real resume. Mm Mm-hmm. Nick Cage said, to me, that just made my job more exciting. I'm not a trained actor. It's just something... I'm just someone who grew up watching movies and found my own way, my own style, my own craft, and very much the same way. So as Gary Poulter, he was a street performer. He found his own way. He also, yeah, he he like ran away with the circus and mm. like stole from the circus and got fired. And like this guy's got some like really interesting stories. And yeah. I, I I would um I would definitely say it's worth it to look up some information about him because it's a pretty compelling story
0: yeah i think it makes the movie itself more interesting and then to know that this actor who really as the article rightly points out steals the scenes from nicholas cage um, to know that he then died soon after and then know that he has this really interesting backstory i think it just adds to more entertainment value to this movie yep to this piece of art, honestly, because it's based on a book and then it becomes a movie, and it's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so like I said, unfortunately, Gary Poulter died two months after this movie wrapped in February of 2013. He was found dead, submerged in three feet of water after a night of heavy drinking. Nah. Um He apparently, excuse me, had these alcohol-induced seizures. Hmm. Um, they couldn't, I guess, from his biopsy, determine if that's his cause of death, but... Right. Um, That was something that he was battling toward the end. And um, his sister came out and said that, like, while he was filming this, he really did his best to keep his shit together. But, like, in some of the days that he wasn't filming, he would go on drinking binges. But he would always try and make sure that he cleaned himself up before he got to set. So Mm. he definitely took this seriously. um, And I think that it pays off for him. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. What a a legacy, though, to leave behind, Really interesting, right? You
1: know? So that's Gary Poulter. And... I'll talk a little bit about Nick. So like I said, like he really, really recognized his talent. Um, and he, I mean, Nick's a really nice guy. Like I I can't imagine that he wouldn't want to work with somebody like this. How
0: we've changed our tune since Peggy Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Nick's a really nice guy. Seems like such a nice guy. I don't
1: believe Kathleen Turner, which like,
0: yeah, I mean, (laughs) mean, we've seen behind the scenes things and everybody says that Nick Cage is a nice guy. It's not like everyone
1: philanthropic.
0: Yeah. He's not like paying people off.
1: No, no, So um, he's such a nice guy that he turned down two really big budget movies this year, even though, in 2013, even though he was having a lot of financial issues.
0: Oh, man. Um,
1: The Expendables 3 and Killing Season. So he turned down those two movies to prepare for this role.
0: He would have been in Expendables 3? I've never seen one or two. I've never seen any of them either, but I love the premise. (laughs) What is it? It's just that, like, a bunch of the old action heroes get together and they, you know... I don't know. It's it's a way to get people like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and like Jason Statham and like all these action guys who just don't really have a place in movies anymore it's just a way to get them together and make it a yeah, it's cheesy action movie. Yeah, it looks really fun. I've never seen them. I think there are some that are way worse than others, but mm-hmm. none of them are good.
1: I wonder if the third one is more favorable.
0: I don't know. If he
1: like really missed his opportunity. I mean, this movie is great though, so I'm glad oh, that he it, did. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And from an artistic perspective, yeah.
1: Well, and interestingly enough, a good segue here, Nick Cage felt that Joe, the character, is so close to his own persona that he didn't even have to act. And to this mm. day, he says that that... Is the role that was the most like him of any role that he's ever played?
0: I find that hard to believe.
1: He was really good in it. I, I, I can't, he was great
0: in this. I don't get me wrong. He didn't
1: overact anything. Um There's a scene un- or
0: two I'll bring up that
1: he didn't. But like uh, you know, unfounded or like yeah. without reason. You know, it's
0: no the lobby and national treasure too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, there's there's nothing absurd about his acting in right. this. Like, it's all very realistic. Mm-hmm. You'd expect someone in a situation like that to react like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you think then that this role was essentially born for Nicolas Cage, or do you think that anybody else could have played this role?
1: I think it could have been played in a variety of ways. I think so, too. Um, but I suppose, you know, he read the book, he met his co-stars, and... He, he wanted you know, to do it. A lot of drew a lot of inspiration from his own life, mm-hmm. I, I guess, and you know he felt really strongly about this like passion project that he turned down a couple other projects in order to film this and prepare for this role. Yeah. So he did a lot of like consideration. So I'll, I'll give him credit for it.
0: All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I really think th- I'm I'm so Stockholm syndrome Steve. aware. <laughs> like I'm painfully aware these days that like maybe we are developing some type of Stockholm syndrome 60 something movies later
1: I have I have to give him some credit I yeah. I, I have a, I have a much stronger appreciation for his work after yeah. seeing all of it <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, I've it, never
1: done this before I've never no. watched like an entire actor's film anthology and I've never done it in chronological order to see like the growth what a and way can, to start <laughs> I, yeah I mean what a, what a venture yeah that we've or happened upon right?
0: yeah and I think we've learned a lot about the acting process and about things like well this happens so then the movie gets shut down for 12 months and yeah. you know this happens so they hired this homeless person right. you know like how interesting like it's really I, I think it's a really interesting process and it's not all just Hollywood and lights and smoke and mirrors. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's And
1: you know what, Steve? I think we've I think we've learned a lot about ourselves and about each other on this spiritual journey mm. that we've been on together.
0: <laughs> 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 it was weird. <laughs> you were we're really feeling reflective in 2021. 2021
1: look back, look back on 2020 with that 2020 uh vision.
0: Blech. Blech. What are you? hindsight.
1: Hindsight is 2020, baby. Blech. <laughs>
0: well you put your notepad away so it looks like my notepad
1: is gone (laughs) we're moving on here
0: she chucked it straight out the window so (laughs) we're gonna get started that's that means we're gonna get started with some of the nick cage scenes we go nick cage scene by nick cage scene in the movie joe from 2013 although seeing as how he is the titular character if you will. I'll gloss over a lot of scenes. There are scenes, obviously, like any movie where he's the star, where he's just at home for a second or he's in the car for a second. So, we're not going to go through every scene, but I do want to bring up some of the good stuff and we'll go through what we think some of the certain scenes represent, what we think were certain good acting choices, weird acting choices, some screams I'll insert as usual. So, let's get started. <laughs> so, right off the bat, we see Nicolas Cage at his. Well, first we see him in the car and it's it's raining, so that's probably some sort of artistic choice. But we see he's got just a glorious beard. Just a great beard. I think it's fake, but it looks good. It
1: looks really good on him. Yeah,
0: it does look good on him. So, you know, we've been talking a lot these past few weeks about... How the, bad his hair is. Well, about how <laughs> bad his hair is, that's for sure. But also about how, like, um, in current times when he did the trailer so far for the history of curse words
1: oh yeah he's got a really he's, nice beard
0: yeah that beard looks good Very on full. an older nicholas cage i think mm-hmm. hides those pockmarks on his face yeah i don't
1: know what the deal is with that yeah. i've tried to look it up if mm-hmm. anyone knows honestly let me know because he's got some like i don't know i would say just like maybe acne scarring
0: maybe i, I don't know i don't know either yeah Weird. I don't
1: remember him having bad acne from like his best of times days.
0: No. He had that glorious skin. (laughs) Can you
1: imagine young Nicolas Cage with a beard though? I don't think it would have worked for him. He had that
0: long feathered hair. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was like White Goodman, feathered and lethal.
1: And a much better hairline.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) He had so much hair he didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Now he has so little hair he doesn't know what to do with it. But he might be wearing a wig in this one too, but it would be one of those ones that's so subtle that you wouldn't even be able to tell. So speaking more about his physicality, when we see him first, he's also got tons of tattoos. And Hannah asked, and I don't know if you looked it up or if anybody knows, if those tattoos that he has in this movie are real or not. I know he's
1: got like nearly full sleeves. Yeah, He has a lot of tattoos. And I know that he's gotten more in... like I In the podcast, I probably haven't talked about his tattoos in, in quite a few episodes
0: yeah i remember raising arizona the woody woodpecker tattoo yeah, that's or something a real tattoo. yeah that one's real and i know he got a ghost rider tattoo
1: yeah before ghost rider
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> they had to cover up because that would have been way too meta
0: oh absolutely he's also i think in this movie looking Good shape he's in... his arms are big but i think he's looking a little pudgy but i think, I think that's, that's a character choice yeah, yeah because he's not really
1: drinks a lot of beer
0: yeah he does he does so we see him at His job site essentially, where he's in the woods, and what we learn is that what they're doing is that it's legal, by the way. It is legal, you looked it up. Okay, so
1: they work with lumber. So, what they do is they Mm -hmm. have these backpacks essentially with like Ghostbusters, yeah, like Ghostbusters, they say that in the movie esque backpacks with poison canisters that then shoot into an axe. So that when the axe hits something, uh, the poison squirts out of it as well. Mm-hmm. So they go around these forests and they chop trees to poison the trees. And they then so Nick Cage as a business owner will work with other business owners of like lumber companies mm-hmm. to remove the trees, you know, like whatever, scrap the land and then sell it to like a developer to replant trees and you know rebuild
0: yeah so apparently the trees that they're chopping into are too small and weak and they can't cut down trees that are alive so they have to poison them first which seems backwards but apparently if it's a real thing like i thought he was a con man it seemed really sketchy in the beginning
1: yeah i would say so too but i looked it up because we did talk about that and it's a legitimate business
0: Hmm, and that's not
1: like any of the legal trouble that his character has gotten into in the past it's not related to Mm, like money laundering or like anything side gig whatever like a front
0: right right no no no. yeah he's not like a white collar criminal no yeah, yeah yeah, and he's really even barely a criminal he, he's you know uh, speeding tickets which turned into like a, assaulting a police officer or something mm-hmm. like that because he's he's had some run-ins with the cops which i totally forgot to write down but we can discuss that scene later if i remember it about why he spent he spent like 20 months 29 months oh, in person. prison or something like that because he a police officer thought he was someone else and they assaulted him and he fought back and one of the police officers reached for their gun so he knocked the gun out of the hand and in in doing so shot the cop in his knee or something like that so he did 20 months for assaulting a police officer yeah
1: so he doesn't trust the cops
0: exactly so that's going to come into play a lot later on so his job site he's got essentially a whole bunch of adult men who I think are all great in this. They have I love them. Yeah, they're they're all great. They all have really like funny names. They all like get along with each other. I wonder if they're like another local group of people because I looked up the one yeah. guy named Junior, who's sort of like the leader, and there's a really great scene between Junior and the dad that comes up later that Nick Cage isn't in where they're yelling at each other and
1: They're all locals.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really. I don't know if
1: they're all homeless, but they're well, all locals. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So those guys were all great. And who shows up but Ready Player One himself? Little <laughs> Ty boy. Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. I'm going to call and it's him- it's
1: confusing because his character's name is Gary. And then the
0: mm-hmm.
1: homeless man who plays his father's name his is also Gary. Gary. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. We'll yep. call
1: the real Gary Gary, and we'll call the kid Ready Player One. I'm
0: definitely calling him Ready Player. I wrote RP One down <laughs> cool. in my notebook because ne- I, neither
1: of us have seen Ready Player One. We just know that he was in that.
0: I watched maybe about ten minutes of Ready Player One. I think I did with you, and I was and like, we were nope, like, no. We're, <laughs> They're like, we're set. Look, it's, this. <laughs> it's the Delorean. Look, oh my God, it's the Ghostbusters car. It's like cool. I don't care. <laughs> That's yeah, the whole I don't premise. remember it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Iron Giant. Oh, my God. Wow. We need to find the Easter eggs. Lame.
1: Wait, what? I don't remember this movie at all. What was the point of it?
0: So they live in a virtual world, and the creator of the virtual world hid an Easter egg that would like give you, I don't know, immortality or some shit. Like a
1: literal Easter egg?
0: Yeah. Huh? Yeah, and you have to follow the clues by you knowing have to pop culture. go on an
1: Easter egg hunt?
0: By knowing like almost exclusively 80s pop culture. Huh? So you have to like drive around <laughs> in the in the DeLorean.
1: Like from Back to the Future? Yeah,
0: and like the Ghostbusters car and it's like, "Oh my god, look, they're doing they got this."
1: No wonder I turned this thing off. It's done. It's real done. Sounds dumb. like something I People would go crazy.
0: Hate. <laughs> People go crazy for that shit. It was like Sorry everyone. It was like when 80s nostalgia was in, it's still kind of in. With thing like like oh, when Stranger Things Stranger first Things, came yeah, out, I never got into that, yeah, I like Stranger Things beyond its eighties pop reliance on eighties pop culture, but like it's that same sort of thing that we never really experienced. Mm. Anywho. <laughs> Where were we? Ready Player One shows up. Ready Player One shows up, and he's like, "Hey, Nick Cage, I need a job." And Nick Cage is like, "I don't care because all of his other workers are black guys." He's like, "I don't care if it's if you're old, young, black, white, whatever. I'll I'll give anybody a job if they're a good worker." And and right right off the bat, Ready Player One's a great hard worker. So Mm -hmm. there's that. He's 15. Yes, yeah, and he is actually 15 in both the movie and in real life. Mm -hmm. So Nick Cage then makes his way to a brothel, which uh, comes up a few times. And he interacts with a woman, and perhaps this is the first scream. I don't know how many screams I'm going to put in here, because he does scream at Junior, just like... Round him up, Junior! But also, he then goes to the brothel, where there's this annoying barking dog, and he consistently yells at... He hates this dog. He hates this dog, yells at the dog, calls it an asshole.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 So, he goes to the house, and he pays the the senior not not that she's a senior citizen but the most the the highest ranking ranking officer (laughs) at this brothel and he's like i just want you and like they're while they're kissing the dog's barking and he yells at the dog and then he just like walks away and i don't think he ever got his money back which is you know something (laughs) with that you and i had noticed in the in the course of watching this movie he then makes his way to a grocery store where he picks up his crew every morning and he's just there and he's talking to the guy he's got a relationship and he does this weird thing where they're talking and he goes Bow, this for dollars. and he like mimes a punch to the guy's face i don't know it's kind of weird interesting yeah acting choices as i said we would point out then is the scene at.
1: i mean he did say it's it's him that this is, is this is, is him
0: so if you're talking to nick cage you got to make sure that your eyes are on him because he
1: might try he might throw a
0: punch (laughs) and then like stop short of your nose and just be like pow pow fistful of dollars so next scene the so part of the reason i bring up that scene is because it then leads him to go to this woman's house where they're like skinning a deer
1: (laughs) yeah this is the scene
0: that that the gary
1: poulter auditioned for
0: yeah and like it's a good scene and it's essentially in this scene that we realize how well acted this movie is because uh-huh. everybody's so believable in their roles as these kind of kooky southern backwoods <laughs> types of characters yeah. and it's largely because they're all actually those people yeah <laughs> but nick cage is like here let me show you how to skin that deer and he's like skinning the deer and he's like butterflying she's like, steaks. Like the
1: steaks yeah the and,
0: and this old woman's like when you go into town can you give me a pack of smokes and he's like yeah sure i'll get you some smokes But then he comes out of this house and some dude with a scarred up face just goes, hey, Joe, and shoots him from like a shoulder. Yeah. From like across the way. And he's like bleeding. We're like, holy shit. This is like 10 minutes into the Mm -hmm. movie. This is really surprising. So that was crazy. He goes home. He starts cleaning up his wounds. He's yelling at his own dog who he has. Cute dog. Chained
1: up outside. Yes.
0: To be quiet. But this dog only barks when people get too close to the property. And these two women show up. One of these women, I don't know where she goes off to. But the other woman is like a girlfriend of his, sort of, who needs to stay with him. She's like
1: consistent.
0: Yeah. And not even until like towards the end of the movie, they don't name this character. She's just woman. woman. Because we- Oh, we had the
1: subtitles. Yeah.
0: So it was like woman. And then later she gets a name. But then she's not in the movie anymore. Her name's Connie, I think. Yeah. But so she, he's like, yeah, you can stay here or whatever. So he yells at the dog.
1: God damn it! Would you shut up? Shut up! Get back under there! Let these ladies alone! Get! Get!
0: I love that get.
1: I say that to the to our cat
0: sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Go on, get.
0: <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, Ready Player One is doing well at his job, and he's doing so well that he convinces Nick Cage to give his dad a job. But his dad is just not. Getting it, he's just not doing it right. Gary Poulter, the he's great Gary Poulter, lazy. he's real lazy about it. He's drinking everyone's water bottles and stuff like that. And this is where he has that great scene with the guy who plays Junior. I forget his name, and they're just yelling at each other. And again, if you do watch this movie, we would recommend the su- subtitles. I think yes, it might it makes it a little easier to follow. But it's I don't think it takes away from the movie. I think no, it's I wouldn't like, say so. Yeah, it, it adds to it so that you know what they're saying. The context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless so,
1: you're well-schooled in, you know that like backwoodsy southern drawl
0: yeah exactly yeah if you're from the south yeah then <laughs> yeah you, you it might be easy this.
1: for you but we're these like northeastern we're yankees <laughs> yanks
0: we're yankee doodle dandies <laughs> you and i <laughs> so seeing how lazy the father is at the job sites nick cage decides to essentially let both of them go both ready player one and gary poulter And so Nick Cage also sees Gary Poulter start beating up his son and does nothing about it. And then there's a sort of a montage of Nick Cage and the father and Ready Player One all like sort of interacting. There's this sort of quick montage where Nick Cage is giving this voiceover about how he says, actually, I wrote it down. What keeps me alive is my restraint. So he feels like he's got this sort of underlying
1: like animalistic.
0: Yeah. Yeah and remember this is what nick cage feels feels like he is in real life (laughs) exactly (laughs) so
1: i wonder if people who are close to him would agree
0: yeah i don't know
1: because i mean ultimately he knows himself better than anyone else but you'd hope that you know someone like alice kim who he's married to at the time right (laughs) right would be like no you're not like that
0: you're not like that (laughs) you're 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 a nice guy just relax you're not more than you think you are (laughs) Which Hannah tells me all the time. (laughs) 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 So soon after all of that montage and everything like that, Nick Cage finds himself drinking at a bar. And who shows up but the guy who shot him just a few scenes before. And in between this time, the kid, Ready Player One, just happens to run into this guy on the street and says, Hey, you know, I need a ride. My my dad's drunk. You know, we need a ride into town or a ride home or something. And this guy, instead of being like, yeah, absolutely or no, absolutely not, he then starts really harassing ready player one he's got these jacked up teeth and these scars on his face and he's real creepy this guy's great too now that yeah, i think about really it really good and so super mean and so ready player one's like don't disrespect me or my family and even though he's 15 he starts beating the piss out of this guy so i guess word gets around that this guy knows that he works for nick cage and he, and what we also learn is that nick cage slapped this guy at a bar once and that's why he shot him in retaliation yeah so this guy's looking for the kid seems pretty even yeah, exactly. A yeah. slap
1: and then a shot yeah. with a gun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, as he shows up to the bar that Nick Cage is drinking at, he tries to convince him that, like, I wasn't even aiming at you. Like, I I, I wanted to just wing your shoulder. I, did, Wait, I didn't want to kill you. to scare you. I just wanted to scare you. And it's kind of like bullshit, dude, you know? Like
1: you were aiming at him.
0: <laughs> it's so much bullshit, dude, because Nick Cage and this guy start fighting each other. Nick Cage essentially wins the fight, but he's a little winded, and he has a great line. <laughs>
1: cops for somebody
0: he gets killed do that for me honey that honey is is a, is a really good he's line. pretty
1: well but he's slurring his words because he's acting he, drunk
0: yeah because he's drunk and he just got in a fight and he's a little winded
1: i will say though this is my one fault with this movie so far hmm. i've seen nick play a really good drunk and i don't think that that was good drunk acting
0: i don't think that he i don't think he was true trying to be that drunk. There's scenes later where he's drunk. And he's good. And he's good. Yeah. So I don't think he was really like that drunk in this scene.
1: Yeah, just like a little tipsy.
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe that was it. So, after that commotion, Nick Cage decides to go back to the brothel that he loves so much because he just had a run-in with this guy who shot him and, and beat him up. And of course, the dog is there, so Nick Cage starts shouting again over the barking dog. <laughs>
1: So, I'm trying to get, trying to get So um, for,
0: for, through hell or high water, Nick Cage is going to get a BJ.
1: <laughs> Not even from his regular bitch. <laughs> what he
0: does. In, because his, Sorry,
1: I shouldn't say that. Well, Not even from his his regular, uh, what did you call we, her? We
0: established her as a high-ranking official. High-ranking official. <laughs> <laughs> she is the highest-ranking ex- prostitute. <laughs> this, this is the executive <laughs> prostitute of the world. I don't know that made um, no sense austin yes thank you so instead of waiting around for his girl his high-ranking official he goes home grabs his dog who's fairly vicious brings his dog to the brothel those two dogs just start biting and eating and killing each other nick's
1: dog eventually murders, the eventually other dog. murders
0: it but while that's happening he grabs one of the other prostitutes and they go into a room
1: second in command the vice president yeah, and
0: the, the vice president of prostitutes again are we feminists <laughs> i think so so he goes they go into the to the room while the dogs are the having that would the same it if it were jingleos so. yeah, absolutely that's true
1: and we w- did we watched a movie about a gigolo.
0: we did yeah sunny sunny wow the other
1: movie with one a man's single name is the title
0: that we've mm, seen with yes. Nick Cage. Yeah, there might be other examples, but I can't think of it.
1: Just with Nick Cage.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, what? <laughs> sidetrack, what, <laughs> what this movie made me think of is uh, Bangkok Dangerous, that opening scene where he's like, my name's Joe, and this is what I do. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if this is a sequel. It's not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't remember that was his character's name.
0: Yes, my name's Joe. This is, <laughs> this what, is I what I do. This is what I do. So... This, this scene in the brothel is great because he brings this prostitute into the room and instead of just getting immediately down to business, he says, you got any pets? Yeah, I had a cat. What was its name? What's your favorite color? Blow me. <laughs> That's a great few I love few that he needs
1: to know a little bit of information about her first.
0: It's quite nice, honestly. It's
1: respectable. Yeah, exactly.
0: He wants to get to know the person <laughs> yeah, a little. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So... <laughs> After his dog had its way with the process, the the brothel house's dog, he grabs way
1: his, with meaning.
0: Uh, just yeah, murdered ate it. it. It murdered ate. it. Yes. So it's he, covered in blood. He grabs his dog in his truck, and he starts driving down the road. And I guess somebody called the cops, whether it be because of the fight or because of the dog, the dog, <laughs> or because of just how he was driving down the road because he was a little drunk. The cops start tail in him and because like i said he doesn't have a great relationship or a great history with the cops he starts running away from them until it gets to the point where he does get pulled over he comes out of his car he's got his hands up and he starts screaming
1: he re- well first he releases his dog oh yes he's like well this is evidence that i just had my dog murder something
0: yeah so the, the, so he, like, has the it down dog the yeah run down the road yeah and then he starts screaming at the cops Put the gun down, be a man about it, and show me what you got. You got you surrounded, Joe. Hey, I'm just one dude. Freeze, Joe. Put your hands behind your head. Come on. What are you going to do? Joe. Look, I don't have nothing on me, man. Freeze. Why don't you guys both be
1: like big boys and put your guns down? Let's talk about it. That's all I'm going to do. Just talk about Freeze, it, Joe. right? Come on. Who's going to cuff me? What do you got? I'm feeling real good today.
0: And I think it's the I'm cool dude. That makes me think like this, this is probably the one scene or the one series of screams where I'm like, "It." this sort of took me out of the movie a little yeah. bit. It didn't really match with his character. Yeah. Because there's another scene it's coming up that we'll talk about. Because he doesn't about. have
1: a character, he's just himself.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there's another scene that's coming up that we'll talk about where he has another interaction with the cops, which I think matches with his character really mm-hmm. well. But not, yeah, not I could this see one
1: that. so much. This yeah. is with the younger cop, right?
0: Later this one here is with a couple of cops surrounding him oh yeah. later there's a scene with the The younger younger cop cop. that i think like i said matches his character yeah Yeah. so he gets out of jail he's in jail he's got a dui he's got a cop on the inside he's buddies with who kind of lets him go and he then uh runs into ready player one again and again they're they're sort of this father-son relationship because Mm -hmm. he does his father is mentor kind of yeah exactly And Ready Player One wants to buy Nick Cage's old truck off of him with the money that he's been giving him. And and it's this really nice thing. And they start having this montage of Nick Cage teaching this kid how to do certain things, which I thought was kind of fun. It was
1: really endearing.
0: But the things that he taught him how to do were (laughs) how to drive, how to drink and drive. (laughs) (laughs) So endearing, like I said. (laughs) Yeah, they went looking for his dog. And while they were doing that... He teaches him, he teaches the kid how to how to get smile through the pain, how to get girls by smiling through the pain.
1: And clicking an expensive
0: lighter. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Always carry an expensive lighter with you because then the girls will know that you have money or something. <laughs> he also gives his number to some chick on a bicycle. He's like, well, if you find my dog day or night, <laughs> here's my number, little honey. <laughs> so they ultimately find the dog. And uh, Nick Cage gives Ready Player One the lighter. He's like, here, take this, take the lighter. And uh as he's driving away, he realizes he doesn't have a light. So he finds someone walking down the road. Hey, I wonder if this guy has a light. It's Ready Player One's dad.
1: And so, this seems so good.
0: He brings, he's like, hey, I'll give you a ride wherever you're going if you give me a light. And the dad gets in, and Nick Cage goes off.
1: <laughs> that boy works his ass off. He's run out, and it's his. <laughs> This truck's a piece of shit. You need to get out
0: of it. He's grabbing him by the collar and he throws him out of the car and stuff. It was a really, really good scene, I thought. Really good. Awesome. So,
1: And Gary Poulter like, played off of it really well. He didn't have any lines, I don't think, in that scene. Yeah, maybe, or at least very Maybe few. one or two. Mm-hmm. But
0: that was good acting. Mm. This, is, this is great acting out uh, of If whole I know crew. good
1: acting, it's good acting. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs>
0: so nick cage eventually gives his old truck to ready player one for free he's like you know keep your money you're gonna need it for insurance i'll teach you how to how to navigate insurance and he he picks up his new truck and as he picks up his new truck he gets pulled over by a young cop cop because i guess because he doesn't have a license plate on it yet or something like that because he bought this this new car and this is where the cop pulls him over and he Nick Cage is just like Enough is enough And he pulls away And he finally comes to You know Where the where he and the cop Are both out of the car And they're screaming At each other And Nick Cage Screams God.
1: It. I ain't done a goddamn
0: thing Stay in your
1: vehicle I truck! You better look for someone else To mess with Because I did nothing Put your hands behind you your back You and your motherfucking friends your behind messing behind you messing around I'm gonna hurt you Put what? your hands behind you huh? uh, uh, uh. Come here
0: and that's a really great scream. Really but good. he beats the crap out of this cop oh yes and the cop just takes it the cop oh, doesn't yeah. call for backup he the doesn't cop's like all right he's I like sorry <laughs> <laughs> so he heads home fine uh, the the cop friend comes and is like you know hey you've got kids he also mentions you've got grandkids it's like why do you want to go to prison if you've got kids and grandkids and it's
1: yeah, I well, that, mean...
0: That was not established. No. So...
1: They don't really talk much about his past other than the fact that he'd been in prison.
0: Right, right. So after a night of being at home and drinking and maybe going to the bar, Ready Player One shows up with... And his face is all beaten up, presumably by his father. And he says, All right, Joe, I'm going to kill my father. I'm I, I just need to borrow your truck because the father stole the truck. And what we find out what happened was that the father... And the guy with the scars on his face who shot Nick Cage have been working together.
1: They're in cahoots.
0: To get back at not just Joe, but also Ready Player One. And the way that they're going to do that is that...
1: Ready Player One has a little sister. Yes. Who's probably 12 or 13. Yes. And they are going to rape her.
0: Yes. $30 each. So scarred, the scarred face guy and his buddy are each for, going to pay $30. That is all she's worth yes. to them. Well, because for the dad, it's <laughs> That's money for money. Boo- boo- for more booze. Right. There's also a crazy oh scene where, again, Nick Cage isn't in it, but Gary Poulter's character... Follows
1: uh, this homeless man.
0: Who's got like a bottle of rosé. Yeah. And just because he's got a bottle of rosé, he follows this guy to the middle of nowhere where this homeless man's got a little camp, and he just kills him for his, he, for his pink just wine.
1: For, just for a half a bottle of pink one yeah like the desperation
0: it's insane so clearly he's desperate yeah and ready player one and nick cage know this so they know where they are and they go after him and he, they're in essentially the middle of the woods
1: it's so disgusting
0: and nick cage finds the guy with the scars on his face and the other guy also the guy with the scars on his face has like this bunny mask on which oh was my God. really it was terrifying So creepy oh
1: this whole scene was just like really
0: difficult to watch and suspenseful and so he's got he's got a gun on these two guys and he turns to the to the other guy and he says i don't know you run away now while you still have the chance and he's getting ready to kill the guy with the scars on his face but the guy who ran away ran to the car and grabbed a gun and shot nick cage twice
1: in the stomach right
0: i think once in the stomach and then once in the leg Mm -hmm. because he's got like a crazy limp later so he shoots the other guy who shot him then he then the the guy with the scars starts sort of taunting him starts taunting nick cage and nick turns and shoots him one square in the face and he limps his way over to the father who's standing on a bridge and he takes a shot pretty close uh, point blank. And i don't know if it's meant that he intended to miss or because he's losing blood he he missed he missed his last shot and the father jumps over the bridge and dies and uh ready player one goes and get runs away grabs a truck and his sister goes and gets the cops and and by the time they get back nick cage dies yep and then what i think is really cool imagery is Mm -hmm. that after all of that uh ready player one i feel a little bad like with this really serious movie calling him ready player one but
1: (laughs) ty sheridan
0: (laughs) ty sheridan he then he's talking to somebody i don't think you even ever see his face but it's it's he's talking to him and he's like yeah you know i used to work i used to work with joe and the guy says well if you if you worked with joe you're good enough to work with me and they sort of pan out and it's the company that's replanting the new trees for for the right the the ones that
1: joe's company poisoned yeah yeah really cool yeah like starting fresh
0: yeah fresh starts all around Yep. yeah so he's
1: got two trucks now you know (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) well (laughs) he's got one at least but
1: i'm sure he took nicks too
0: I don't know. Well, I, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a conversation for point. another day. But like I said, I think excellent movie. You know, I was thinking earlier about how I used to always ask you, would you watch it again? Would yeah, you recommend I it? I, I, yeah, I think I would. I don't think I would intentionally put it on. But if it were somewhere, yeah, I think I would maybe only watch it with someone who wanted to watch a really serious movie. Yeah. I don't know that this is one that I would continue to watch over and over. It's not like it's a holiday no. classic or something.
1: No but if someone asked me like what movies is Nick genuinely like yeah. a good actor in i this would is one of them. this would be one of them up there with like leaving las vegas
0: and like adaptation yeah. and there were a few others uh frozen ground he was pretty good yeah. which we just talked Last about weeks. red rock west was was a surprising one as well he it was not because of his acting but it was more of a good story yeah and that's what i was saying to you with this movie as well i think is that i think that this movie is a, really 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 well acted but it's maybe not the strongest story
1: yeah and i i i would like to read the novel i guess in order yeah. to say because mm-hmm. often you know they say that the movie adaptation of the book is never as good but i think that they usually say that when it's like an action movie or sure you know not a harry potter or drama something like this yeah. yeah yeah or like a movie like like a like a girl on the on the train Girl, yeah. like a movie like that right right, right. yeah it's like the book is clearly better like a thriller or something like that but mm-hmm. dramas like this you don't usually hear people comparing the book too much with the movie um but yeah i i would hold any judgment until i read the book in terms of like the plot you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm.
0: yeah i get you yeah like they might have just been following the plot yeah and again similar to like the flo- the frozen ground where even if you walk away from that going well, it was sort of a standard cop drama catching a serial killer. Knowing that it's based on a true story, or that it's based on something else, and it's and it's being faithful in adopting what it is, or or how faithful is it being to the source material, mm-hmm. can sort of sway your your judgment on yeah. how much you like the movie. Any other closing thoughts, Han?
1: No, I mean I, I'm really sad that we didn't get to see Gary Polter and anything else. Like I wonder. What, yeah i wonder what like what would have would have come of him you know if
0: yeah maybe he could have turned Hollywood his life around yeah yeah gave
1: him another chance
0: yeah you never know um like i said he i i'm surprised Knocked i mean out of the bar. absolutely and i mean i'm pretty positive I, I don't think this movie was nominated for anything otherwise it would have made it would have made more money yeah um small awards like independent nothing, film awards yeah, that kind of thing big. gotcha yeah but he wasn't nominated for
1: anything but the movie was dedicated to him so mm -hmm. at least that is like a part of his legacy
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know i just i don't know if they ever because you have to submit it to the academy in order for it to be nominated so i don't even know if it was ever submitted because it didn't make that much money but i think he would have been a real contender uh gary poulter for sure yeah yeah this one sort of came out of nowhere with how much we liked it. i
1: didn't know what to expect at all yeah i didn't know what this movie was
0: about me neither so should we get into some nick cage awards let's do it best supporting actor i
1: think it's clear it's got to be Gary it's ready Bolton. player one i'm just kidding
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean ready not Player not that one, he wasn't
1: bad
0: no he ready player one was good but honestly like if you're if you have to pick a weak point in this movie i guess it's him in terms of actors because everybody He's else so who's got too, more than though. one line is really good
1: i don't think there was a weak. Like, no
0: that's what i mean like if you have to really pick good. one
1: Really good ensemble. But Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Gary pulled her hands down. Oh my
0: god, for sure. Best dressed. There are a couple scenes with him in tank tops, shirtless, maybe. Um, really, he just sort of wears, I think, like a flannel and jeans for the most wears part.
1: Like a short sleeve button up.
0: Mm. It's kind of hard to remember what he wears.
1: Yeah. I guess the tank top, because then at least you see his sleeves, his tattoos. Tattoo.
0: Yeah. All right, that's fine.
1: He's like a big tiger or something on his bicep which i hope is real because isn't he playing tiger king oh my god yeah he
0: is (laughs) (laughs) uh worst nick cage scene anything stand out as being like what was that
1: i guess the tipsy scene since that's the only one that i can remember that i was like "Eh."
0: yeah him at the bar where he stumbles his way through saying call the cops for me honey
1: that one or no, you didn't like the way that he screamed at the cops. The first time. Yeah, we can pick that one.
0: Okay. Uh, best Nick Cage scene.
1: It's either like the montage compilation of him teaching Ready Player One mm. about life, or mm-hmm. it's the in-car encounter with Gary Poulter.
0: Yeah, more so than the climactic ending. Yeah, I think so. I I think I personally like the one in the car with him and Gary I Poulter. I like that one a lot. Okay. okay. We'll cool that one. best scream is it at the end with the goddamn and i haven't done a goddamn thing
1: i like that i like when he calls the dog an asshole
0: well there's <laughs> there's sort of three in a row with yeah. that one where it's is merle around that's that's the head honcho the grand pooba of prostitutes <laughs> <laughs> and he goes is merle around i'm trying to get blown that dog is an asshole yeah i like that <laughs> is that, is that winning it. best scream yeah. okay and then finally uh most nouveau shamanic moment and again for new listeners nouveau shamanism is nick cage's own method of acting that he
1: will write a book about it one day
0: is based on
1: kabuki western kabuki
0: Kabuki and shamans and
1: um i'm torn between him punching the air
0: Ooh, yeah what does he say he said pow fistful of dollars dollars
1: (laughs) and him Asking the prostitute what her favorite color is.
0: What's your favorite color? Blow me. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but that's probably
0: in the script. I guess so, yeah. I'm sure.
1: I don't know if Fist Full of Dollars is.
0: Well, even if it is, him, like, throwing the punch at this old man behind yeah. the counter at a yeah. grocery store? It's pretty It fun.
1: really caught me off guard, so I'll, <laughs> I'll give it that.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Cool. Now... Difficult decision, hand Where are we rank in this one? Is it cracking the f- top five?
1: <laughs> I don't think it's cracking the top five. How about? But the... I would put it near like adaptation.
0: Adaptation is uh, number seven.
1: What's number eight?
0: The Weatherman. We liked The Weatherman. What's man. number nine? The Family Man. You
1: like that one too? What's I number do. 10?
0: Kick Ass. Oh,
1: that's good too. What's eleven? Ghost Rider. I think it's better than Ghost Rider. Okay. But he's not cagey in it, but he's saying that this is himself. So, like, yeah. this is the most true Nicolas Cage that you're going to get. So, I don't know if that means that we should rank it somewhere in the middle or if we should mm. rank it somewhere near the top. Mm. I'm okay with putting it in number 11 and bumping Ghost Rider to 12.
0: That's fair. Okay. I like that. That's okay. I, I was surprised, actually, because I thought you were going to say put it above Kick Ass because he's the star in this and he's only a That's supporting true. character in Kick Ass.
1: But he, Kickass is so like cagey, like his character. Oh my God,
0: yeah. Especially in the end. I forget what But to- like,
1: what does it even mean to be cagey if right. he's saying that this is him? You know, what like this it- makes me reevaluate this entire fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Nicholas Kim. What
0: do you think? Above or below Kickass? <sighs>
1: I like the idea of it being in the top 10. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how long it's going to stay there. So I don't want to like keep my hopes up for it. Sure. Um, I'm okay with putting it at 11 just because it's close enough.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fine by me. All right. So this is going to go to number 11. Yeah. And I think, like I said last week, you know, it's really now become the top 25 is the place to be for Nick Cage movies. These are all, we would watch them again in a heartbeat. These are are great movies.
1: Maybe for March Madness, we'll like reconsider the top 25 mm. and reshuffle things around if we if we want to
0: oh boy i and don't know you don't think we? Should? i don't like mixing it up like that okay. i like right. i like doing it this way should Even... we do another
1: march madness though
0: oh for sure in march we're gonna do a march madness
1: of the movies that we didn't do in the, for the last first march time madness. yeah
0: okay. and it'll be a lot more movies this time we...
1: yeah oh my god it's gonna have like national treasure
0: oh yeah oh yeah national i
1: there's gonna be are there gonna be too many movies probably how are we gonna do this well
0: some of them i'm gonna cut down so certain movies like uh what's it what's it called the world trade center or stolen (laughs) or like yes stolen honestly (laughs) but i mean we do still need like 16 seeds. but like the world trade center i'm not gonna include the best scene you know or like eight millimeter i'm not gonna include the best scene stuff like that you know yeah it's like which one did you like better <laughs> the one about rape or the one about the world trade like, <laughs> right. no, yeah, like no like that's no, not, not fun that. yeah exactly okay. maybe even this movie too we, yeah, we might true. not include but we'll, we'll I mean, see we, but
1: we had leaving las vegas in it though didn't we
0: yes yeah so so you know we'll, we'll, we'll see will. it'll be a judgment call on the day
1: well we have two months to figure
0: it out mm. and uh before those two months are up we will be watching movie number 69
1: whoa let's go
0: rage rage all i know about it is that it's got a 12 on rotten tomatoes and (laughs) that flickering light of hope in the dark ages has puttered out of existence
1: there will be another one soon but i'm pretty sure we have to watch left behind
0: it's coming up in
1: the near future
0: it's coming up let me see i've got it up here and that's the
1: movie that steve and i watched a few years ago and wanted to kill ourselves in the rapture
0: yeah, it goes Rage Outcast Left Behind.
1: Dying of the Light, The Runner, Pay the Ghost, The Trust, Doggy Dog Guy. Dog. Steve, I've never heard of any of these movies before. I think we no. talked about this last time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I already forgot them. And oh, oh
1: my god, is Wig in the Outcast. That looks bad. Oh my god.
0: Things to look forward to, Han. <sighs> oh, dear. And until then.
1: Now you know why? The cage Bird sings. Thanks
0: for listening, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> and take care.
1: Now <laughs>